0: How we doing, traders? Welcome to Stock Market Movers, where we get you into the headlines and, of course, the expert opinions to keep you in the informational edge. Ready to get into today's show? We got a lot to talk about. If we take a look, what's on the docket? We'll be talking about, of course, what sentiment started today from Europe. We'll get into mortgage applications. Did we get the January effect rally? Will the Fed Minutes ruin this? Of course, released at 2 p.m. Eastern, right at the end of the show, might stick around. If you guys hit the like button and we get it up there towards 60 likes, I'll stick around after 2 p.m. to see the action as soon as it hits the tape for the Fed Minutes. We also got, of course, China stocks continuing to push higher. We'll talk about Apple's price ratings out there, Microsoft making big moves, Salesforce, Of course, we'll get into all the actions out there. A bunch of analysts taking some shots. Can't blame them at the beginning of 23. And of course, at 150, we got Ivana Davalewski, founder and chief investment officer at Spear Invest. Let's get into it, stock market movers. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers, all the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I wanna breathe more than any man alive. team let's get into the action let's start talking about what's going on right now the spy is heading down fast here from the little move that we were doing looks like we got up there towards 385 If you guys were watching of course uh, live trading that's where i thought we could run into the resistance it looks like we got even a little bit above that close to the 386 but could not break through that. Now starting to come back down pretty quickly. So it looks like we're still stuck in this kind of hourly range. That's why I've drawn this box. And that's where you see this box. Until we get out of this range, this is going to be the important part of the first quarter. If we can break to the upside, I think we can get the lift. If we break to the downside through that 377, going to 375, I wouldn't be looking good here for these lows to hold and then eventually we start coming back there towards the 370 the 360s i think we eventually make a move back towards 350s maybe even into the 40s before we get the bounce back to 400 but of course today was actually a little bit better for the january effect than it was yesterday i hope that you guys were able to catch a little bit of that pop i know that it's been short-lived but we'll talk a little bit about that what stocks got the lift there what was making the big move of course i was able to capture a little bit of it with paypal but you guys let me know what you guys traded on that little pop did you guys make any gains today let me know in the chat it's good to see you guys quantum hammer uh master of stocks how we doing out there quantum wants me to get mark Menavini. i got you quantum have a connection that could get me towards Mark Minovini. I'm going to do my best to go ahead and get him on, Quantum. All right, we'll get into the action. Let's talk about what economic data came in today and what started the day, right? Overnight action, uh, we were getting a little bit of a lift. A lot of this based off of European CPI data that came from the French Consumer Price Index and, of course, a drop in German import prices. That helped the overnight action. Then we got a little bit of a nice little push here. Uh, Right after kind of the the 10 o'clock numbers, we'll talk about what hit there. We got jolts, jobs openings coming in here at 10.458 million versus the 10 million estimate. What does this show us? More job openings. We wanna hear that the labor market is getting tight. We don't wanna be hearing the words robust. Of course, that's what we've been hearing from, of course, Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And comments like this, is what I'll be also looking to see in the Fed minutes when that gets released at 2 p.m. Jobs numbered. How do they think about the labor market? I want to see deep into what they're looking at, right? And, of course, one of the things that we want to be seeing is that unemployment rate going higher and spiking and for the jobs, uh, the jolts job openings to actually be coming lower, than the estimate that would help the market get that rip because that will show that the market is weakening in the labor market. Right now, it's not showing it. ISM also coming in for December at 48.4 versus 48.5 estimate prior was 49. This wasn't the worst little move there. It was a slight move underneath the uh 48.5 estimate, but kind of more in line. We need to see some weakening in the economy really quickly if we want to see the Fed pivot faster than most expect. But what I would say is these numbers are just pretty much in line. And that's one thing that I would definitely say about these numbers that are important, is that the only thing that's really trying to Tip towards the other way has really been that kind of more that inflation data, right? We've been seeing the CPI, the PCEs start coming down, but really we haven't seen that job spike that we're looking for. And we haven't seen that deterioration in the economy overall, right? Just completely just getting destroyed, or maybe the consumer really starting to show weakness. That's what I think really kind of changes the tune of the Fed. And until that happens, still sticking with not fighting the Fed. Let's get into some action out there. Of course, you guys know the economic data that came in. We also got mortgage applications to come in. That's still not looking good. We'll see if we eventually run into some housing issues. Not going to press on it right now. Of course, I'm just keeping a close eye on the housing market to see what happens. How long can we last with mortgage applications and the volume continuing to drop with also interest rates spiking higher, now increasing to 6.58% versus 6.34% two weeks prior. All right, let's get out of that. Let's go into some different stocks. We can go into what is pushing higher today. Definitely China stocks keep pushing higher. Of course, a lot of that was based on China stocks approving here a plan for Ant Group's capital expansion plan for its consumer financial unit. If we take a look, that's actually a part of BABA, right? If you take, if you see here, uh, Ant Group is an affiliate of Alibaba in which the e-commerce giants owns 33%. So that gave the lift also to BABA today. As you saw that nice little push, we can take a look at different Chinese stocks. And they have continued to push. Take a look at J.D., I've been talking about these on pre-market prep. Like always, that's where you want to catch us to get the early insight into the day. Pre-market prep, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. That's where we do our show right for the open. And, of course, we've been looking at these moves like PDD continuing to lift. This has been one of the real strong ones. Uh, Even the stock like Billy Billy that we've been talking about for a little while now. Look how that's continued to run. Seems like China stocks uh, definitely bottomed before ours and it could be pushing stronger than ours will be for a while now. The only thing that's kept me out of this trade, and I'm sure it's kept you guys out of this trade often, is the worries about what's going on in China with Taiwan. Would they go into war situations? Well, this put me on the sideline and missed out a lot of this move. I hope that you guys were able to capture it. All right. Getting out of the China stocks. We can keep talking about Apple, though, because that ties into what's going on. A lot of this also coming from the demand issues that are coming in China, right? Apple telling suppliers to build fewer components for AirPods, watch and MacBooks. And then Wedbush coming in today and hitting them hard, hitting them with a downgrade. Let's go ahead and kind of give you guys the outlook there this came from of course daniel ives which we've had on pre-market prep before he's a senior equity analyst at webbush securities he gave this to cnbc this morning let's get pull up apple here see how it's trading on the intraday let's get to the 15 minute you guys can see that it bounced back there towards kind of that 128.72 rejected that now starting to come back down i'd be careful if apple closes towards the low of the range back towards 126 Think we're taking out the lows of the prior day. Definitely not the chart that I would be thinking would be flipping anytime soon, but I'm going to keep on watch to see if we can get back above 129. Wetbush cutting its target price to 175 from 200. And so I still think they're ways away off. Um, they're looking at, you know, 175. That's all the way up here, team. I don't know if Apple's getting up there at 175 even by the end of the year. So I would be careful a little bit. I think that they're still playing a little bit of catch-up. They went from 200 to 175 So they only went down $25. Uh, they did say that China is in the hearts and lungs of both demand and supply for Apple and Tesla. The biggest worry is for the street is that China's economy and consumers are reigning in spending. And this is an obvious sign. Um, and of course, Apple and Tesla... Uh, is what's being really affected by China. A key challenge here is going to be on the demand side, especially since resilient high-end consumers may have started to shift their spending to travel while some are shifting their focus on medical supply. Um, Of course, COVID concerns are also coming up in China, but it seems like definitely that's playing an effect in Tesla and Apple here as they're taking a big beating to the downside. We'll see if Apple's able to bounce back here or... Will it just keep flushing down? Definitely not the uh, stock you want to see breaking through 52-week lows if you expect our market to come back anytime soon. All right, keep going. We'll go to the next headline. We'll keep moving. We'll get towards UBS analyst Carl uh, Kirsteed as he downgraded Microsoft today. Let's talk about that as we get into the UBS downgrade of, of course, Microsoft. Microsoft taking a big hit today. Let's get to the 15 minutes so you guys can see how that continued down even after the open. Bounced back a little bit, but now starting to come right back down. It's at 228, just slightly below that. Uh, They stated here they downgraded Microsoft shares to neutral from a buy. Um, And the big reason, on the back of weaker round field checks, of course, on the cloud providers, including Azure, as the view for the office seat growth is likely to moderate in 2023 and that Microsoft's multiple already feels fair, not cheap. I think this is an important thing to catch and it definitely hit the stock today and they released some more uh, kind of acquisition news later in the day. That didn't help either. That continued down. Microsoft is now at the 230 level, you guys remember, we put a warning on this right when we started breaking through the 250 um, and then a big rejection of that 260 here. That was a big move. Could we re- get back above 250s? You can see we rejected that move, got right back down to the 228s. I'm a little bit concerned about Microsoft that we're coming back here closer to the 220. Of course, Microsoft broke its long-term trend. And ever since then, I've been a little bit concerned. If it can get back up above that trend, we won't be looking too bad. But definitely this one fighting here, Microsoft. Now, of course, we'll take a look at what else is going on. And just in a few minutes, we'll be getting into our first interview. We'll talk about what's going on there with Salesforce cutting 10% of its personnel, right? More than 7,000 employees in a few minutes. I'll talk about that with my guests. Uh, Salesforce trying to make a little move back on the day. We'll see. It was really strong in the pre market, then opened up a little bit weak here. We'll see what happens with this one. As of course, cutting right now is actually making sense, right? We'll talk a little bit about that with our guests coming up. Let's get out of CRM. Let's get back towards the SPY. How are we doing? That we've bounced. Yeah, we bounced a little bit. We'll see if we can get back through the highs, intraday high right now towards 385.88. We can get into the 386 handle. Definitely going to see a little bit more of a push. Tesla today, not looking too bad. Did get a little bit of a push. I was watching it today to see if we would get back above that kind of 112 area. We did push right quickly through that towards 114, then pulled back. Doesn't look too bad on the day as Tesla's starting to work its way back. After yesterday's kind of down action, I felt that there would be a lot of people more reluctant to go long on Tesla, even though they're probably using the same level on the daily chart of that 108, as there's kind of support, the risk in the trade. If you're swinging it for the January effect, we'll see what happens here. It's definitely oversold. It's trying to hold those kind of bottoms right here 108.24, 108.76. We'll see if that's able to hold. All right, getting out of Tesla, let's get into our interview today in the chat. Did you guys trade any of these? Let us know. Looks like we got some new faces in here. OP, Hammer, Stefan, what's going on? What are you talking about? Have you talked about the Fed Minutes yet? Well, they will be released at 2 p.m. I'll get into a little bit closer towards at 1.45. We'll dive a little bit deeper about what we should be looking in the Fed Minutes. If there's any surprises, wording is always important in the minutes. And you'll see that the algorithms pick it up pretty quickly. Let's get out of that. Let's go towards our guest today and get into our first interview. Investment officer at Spear Invest. You guys can follow it. Spear Alpha's ETF is SPRX on the NASDAQ. Welcome back on, Ivana.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: It's good to have you on. Let's go ahead. Let's get into the action. It seems like, you know, of course, we'll talk first about recent activity, then we can take a little bit more look into 23 Outlook. Uh, What do you think about Salesforce cutting the 10% of its workforce? And could this be even a positive?
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely a positive. And it's going to be a trend we're going to see for technology going into this year. We estimate based on the announcement that reducing 10% of the workforce could result in 500 basis points of margin improvement, which is a pretty big deal, right? So we think we're going to see more of this across other companies that, so an environment that was not necessarily, they're still growing revenues, right? So the environment is not necessarily bad, but it's significantly worse than what they had expected. So that's basically going to be the trend, right? Like we had a lot of companies last year that grew still 10, 20%, but in terms of revenue, but in terms of EBDA went from like positive to negative. And we think we can see a reversal of that uh, in uh, 2023.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I would think about it is just almost keeping it simple, right? I mean, in a growth environment, it makes sense to push on employees and try to push as much as you can grow the company, right? And when things are getting tight, like we're seeing right now, makes sense to cut some costs, right? And hold back some of that growth and wait for that right environment, right? And I think that these are what these companies are determining to go ahead and do at least in early 23. And I think that when we're hearing, you know, CEO of Salesforce letting us know that there could be some trouble ahead, got to listen a little bit there. Let's get into another one that's definitely in the headlines is Tesla. What's going on? Could we potentially see double digits soon?
1: I mean, we've been doing pretty deep work on EVs uh, for the past several years, but we were just refreshing our models as we were looking into 2023. And unexpectedly, all of a sudden, all of the projections and targets seemed a lot harder to achieve. So the U.S. overall is planning to grow EVs at 40%. Tesla is projected to grow sales at 50%. All of a sudden, these estimates seem a little aggressive, right, in an environment where people are really focused on affordability, which keeps coming up as, as one of the biggest pushbacks for uh, for EVs. So that really, like, those data points started emerging in in uh, mid-November. And even if you listen to the GM Investor Day, when they were asked about EVs, they were like, oh, we're seeing strong sales and, and demand for the Cadillac. And people were like, wait a minute, like, you just invested your basically entire market cap in EVs and you're seeing strong demand for the Cadillac. So uh, there is definitely a bit of a sentiment shift even from the consumer in terms of how quickly the preference is changing to EVs. And this is still a solid long-term trend, uh, we believe, but 2023 is going to be a very tough year. And given that these are auto OEMs, they have pretty high fixed costs. So it's going to be difficult for them to, uh, to keep growing earnings here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. So, and uh, one thing that I just think about is, I mean, the the interest rates, right? That's just going to hurt so many, uh, especially the middle class, if they're trying to buy a vehicle, you know, one thing is, you know, our higher end income uh, consumers, they might be able to purchase the car in pure cash, right? But majority of us would have to loan to get that vehicle. And at high interest rates, Who's really going, you know, banging on the door for a new vehicle right now? And it's not like the used vehicles are coming down fast enough, I think, for them to be also attractive. So it's just like yep. neither areas I think are attractive. Used cars with, you know, like companies like Carvana and things like that. And then new cars, for GM, Tesla. I have a feeling they'll be struggling too uh, with the high interest rates. Now, another company, last one for recent uh, kind of talk right now is Microsoft, right? We just got a recent dip in Microsoft. What do you think about, of course, UBS coming in with the downgrade? And of course, they're mentioning more that the valuations coming into play. They're a little bit concerned about Azure. What do you think about cloud and Microsoft?
1: well it's very interesting so what we've been hearing from companies is that enterprise spending budgets for next year for 2023 uh, are coming in significantly lower than people expected so it totally makes sense that cloud spending is going to slow this year now the big question is people are just extrapolating from 2023 cloud spend to the future and concluding that these are now mature companies. And I think that's where we would disagree. So basically Microsoft has spent significant amount of capital in uh, natural language processing models, in AI models. They are basically behind chat GPT that I'm sure you've seen a lot um, in social media uh, on, but basically these natural language processing models are, are completely transformationary in terms of like what, what they're gonna mean for basically every industry right so um so we see a pretty strong long-term trend for ai and you need to have the data somewhere right and it's likely going to be in the cloud so we don't think this trend has matured at all but 2023 could be uh, a tough year and then also these cloud vendors already flagged this uh when they gave out guidance on the last um last earnings call so Microsoft came in a few basis points lower than people were expecting. Uh, AWS, people were really surprised by that. They got it to basically 20% growth. So these are not huge growth numbers. Like the hurdle is not very high for for this year.
0: Yeah, like when I think about cloud space, I think it, it's recession resilient but that doesn't mean that it's not going to take a little bit of a hit right and i feel like this is the approach that's happening here is a little bit of pullback but of course cloud is still so important right that's just where data is being kept now it's not the server down the street it's more just overall on the web and i think that this is what matters going forward i do it i could see a bump in the road for the major players right in cloud space and some of the smaller players i think are going to run into a little bit of a rough time as of course the bigger players will probably get some of the revenue space that's out there let's get towards well it's
1: interesting that's not necessarily the case some of the smaller players are actually better positioned because they're offering services that are new and interesting and optimize actually your spend on the large players right so like if you're having tons of data in in AWS and you're not using it, it's not optimized properly, even AWS themselves are gonna tell you, hey, there is a way for you to cut your cost by using a different processor we offer and maybe an application that they don't provide that you can use, right? And that way they're solving for the long-term, right? So they're trying to lower their cost to their customers so they can do more uh, cloud processes over time
0: let's get into 2023. You do a lot of looking into companies. And I think that this is a great question to ask you is how do you find high quality stocks?
1: So the main thing that we're looking for going into, into uh, maybe even not, not even just next year, the next 10 years is Mm -hmm. companies need to be able to have proven unit economics, right? So they need to be able to generate cash flow or have a path to generating cash flow and using that cash flow to fund their growth. So we think that's going to really differentiate the winners from the losers uh, in the next in the next 10 years. So if you're in a position where you don't have proven unit economics, you're reliant on outside capital to grow, it's going to be tough for those for those companies. Now, for the companies that have gotten hit, just from interest rates in the past year but they do have a path to profitability or are generating pretty good cash flow it's actually going to be a great time because they can almost be platforms to acquire some of these interesting technologies that cannot get funding elsewhere so we really prefer or we have a strong preference for a platform approach several of our of our um, companies are providing this type of um, type of platforms so Uh, We think that's going to be a trend that's going to go on for for the next few years. Cost cutting is another trend that's more like specific to 2023. We think that's going to be a a for sure um, providing support to margins. And once numbers bottom, stocks bottom. That's basically how it it works. And the third thing I'd highlight is reshoring. I think what we're probably going to see during this cycle is the opposite of the 15-16 recession where... In the 1516 recession, industrials got disproportionately hit. Here, we're going to see the consumer or the big ticket items. Like we talked about autos, housing is another area that's going to struggle with higher interest rates. But the overall economy, the industrial economy could get pretty good support from, from reshoring trends.
0: Excellent. So before we get too deep into 23, I wanted to just give a kind of recap. What do you think of 22 because I know that it was tough for a lot of us. So,
1: 2022 was pretty tough uh, for several reasons. The setup kept changing from worries about a recession to worries about inflation, right? So, and these are two very different scenarios under which you can invest, right? So, different stocks work in uh, in an inflationary environment. Different stocks work in a recessionary environment. So, that was basically the main challenge. The first half of the year. The main problem we saw were interest rates and they drove for tech stocks 30 to 40% declines in valuations overall, just the interest rates itself, not even talking about earnings. And then as we got into second half, you started seeing a lot of tough comps due to COVID, maybe some pullback in overall spending. I think recession fears broadened out from just few select categories with over like very high inventory to overall to every sector basically so we had those kind of two main uh, main uh, drivers in in 2022 but we think as we look out both of those could either stabilize or reverse right so we think interest rates are going to stabilize even if it's at a higher level right so we're assuming in our models three and a half to four and a half percent for the risk-free rate and then the recession fears that's going to kind of depend industry by industry. Some industries that went early on into this, like some consumer discretionary, uh, another area is semiconductors, all of those commodities is another area. All of those got hit as soon as you had some fears of recession in the summer. So, what we're, we're going to probably see is those areas stabilize first and inventory balance and clear out. And then Longer term in the net, it's probably gonna take two years for the housing market and the auto market to uh, to work itself through.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely could see it taking a little while. And I know that there a lot of focus is in EV. So uh, in the later part of the year, we'll see if we even get some kind of lift because it's gonna be a tough outlook. Now let's talk a little bit about themes that you really like in 23. You mentioned there cost-cutting. That could be a theme itself, I think. And I think, is there any other themes that you'll be looking for for investments at 23?
1: Well, yeah, we talked about cost-cutting. That's a major theme uh, for us. Basically, any company that saw significant revenue growth but EBDA decline, right, um, is a potential candidate for, for upside as margins uh, as stabilize. Another area we do want to focus on is this infrastructure spending, right? We wanna take advantage of some of these moves down in in these companies. Again, what I talked about between are these industries maturing or are they just taking a pause? So we think that's gonna be a big big area of opportunity to add to some of those areas where people may be a little bit too too negative on. And this goes into cybersecurity, cloud um, optimization, AI, hardware side, like on the chip side, we're pretty excited about that. So we think these are going to be areas that are going to offer a uh, pretty, pretty significant opportunity. And then productivity improvement, that's another big, uh, big driver. So a lot of these tech companies actually help businesses optimize their operations. So an example is Shopify, for example, right there, the people look at it as oh, a shopping app, like, why do I want that in a recession? But what they actually are is the operating system of retailers. So retailers can run their little business more efficiently and deliver for their customers in an environment that's probably going to be tough. So productivity improvement is for sure an area that I would uh, highlight uh, going into next year.
0: Love it. Love those themes. Definitely. We'll keep those on the radar. Now let's talk a little bit about maybe cryptocurrency. I haven't asked you about that. Let's let's talk a little about that. How do you feel about cryptocurrency overall?
1: Well it's very interesting how negative people have gotten on it yeah. right so we think there is a real use case for crypto now we are not involved in it on on the on the fund side this is not an area of focus yeah. for us at all but as a technology it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense so we are doing a lot of research more on the blockchain side to understand like how people can use um, these this kind of interoperations Uh, because it is a pretty, pretty interesting blockchain in itself is a pretty, pretty interesting technology. And I feel like people may not like when they think of crypto, they think of FTX, which was like a fraud. So it's not necessarily one doesn't equal the other. Uh, And it's also the other the other angle that I'd say that it makes it even more challenging is the currency side where like it's really worth what people decide it's worth. Right. So like as an investor it is almost impossible for you to analyze what the value of it should be right just because it's an asset that it's alternative it may work for some people it may not work for some others but i think the use the use cases and the usable part of like the blockchain technology that's where we are that we would be the most uh, interested in uh, in exploring more and learning more about it.
0: Definitely. I think we're all still learning. And I think that that's the important thing, too. It's not acting like we know what cryptocurrency is, but still doing our research, right? Not just believing what companies tell us that we can get this yield or this yield. Doing the research ourselves and the hard work. Yeah,
1: and, and that's that's another thing that's been like, every time somebody guarantees you returns, you need to be skeptical about it, right? Always, so, always. <laughs> or every Definitely. time somebody's custodying your assets for free, like, you should understand how do they make money right because if they're keeping them in a safe right like it's uh so i think there is a lot like i i agree with you instead of chasing trends like spend the time and understand and and once you understand the risk um i think that's a that, it, that it, a lot of these thing may things may, may make uh, sense
0: yeah, definitely. Last one here. And I'll do it to, uh, I'll do it to all the investors out there. What tips would you give them that are trying to learn how to deal with the market environment like we're in right now?
1: Well, the most important thing for investors is to understand what they're solving for, right? So a lot of people will say, Hey, I'm a long-term investor, but then two or three months into, a downturn, they're like, but now I need the money, right? So, well, yeah. you can't really be a long term investor if you're like investing money that you will actually need. So I think the most important thing uh, for, for retail investors is to understand, OK, how much can I really put aside for long term investing? Do I really need income right from my investments? Do I need dividend strategies or is it all going to be set aside for the long term. And all of those will give you very different return profiles, right? Like if you're going to invest in riskier technology stocks, which is what we're focused on, because we are solving for the for the long term, you will be facing a lot of volatility uh, on a short term basis, right? If you're going to invest in dividend stocks, or consumer staples, they will do much better during a recessionary time, but then they will not deliver the same types of returns over over the long run. So I think the most important thing is to just understand what do you want, like how much money can you really put aside for the long-term and what your your objectives uh, are.
0: Definitely agree with that. And if you guys wanna check out and learn more about the Spear Alpha ETF, check it out, SPRX. Appreciate you coming on today. Spear Invest, we'll have you back on, Ivana. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you. Thanks for Take having
0: Take care. All right. There you guys have it. Our first ex, uh, expert today, and I definitely appreciated her interview. We talked in a whole bunch of different areas and even covered the current events that are going on right now. CRM. And definitely, I think Shop. shop. I've talked about it before on Pre-Market Prep. It's definitely one that I don't want to miss. So I'm really going to start thinking about that one. I don't have a piece at all, but I see it also. Productivity. Shopify. It's not a bad stock, and I can tell you right now, I've gotten plenty of things from Shopify, and I feel like the tracking is amazing on the packages, so just to give that kind of feedback there, but let's get out of that. Let's catch up what's going on in the chat. It's good to see you guys. Jay, the crow, huddle, straddles, what are you looking at? Uh, Stefan, what's going on? All right, team, let's get out of this. Let's get back towards the market. Let's take a look at what's going on at this moment. I'm going to go towards like a five minute to see that we're bouncing back here towards 385.30. Can we get into the 386? Or will this all turn around with the Fed? Will the Fed knock down the January effect? That's what I'm starting to ask. As we get closer and closer to 2 p.m. Eastern, we'll take a look at what's been going on in the Fed outlook that's coming up, 145. Let's keep moving. Let's get into what was hot and what was not. And then, of course, if you guys have anything that's on your mind, throw it up in the chat. We can dive deep. All right. Um, I like that idea. Shop doesn't have the debt Amazon has. Yeah, that's that's always a plus, right? No debt there. Um, and I think one of the things with Shopify is that they're, they're kind of getting cheap, right? I think we need to always be keeping uh, kind of – the valuations in check right now. Where are we in that? What's the price to sales, right? What's the price to earnings right now? I think that we need to always keep that in mind. All right. Let's take a look at what's going on and what was hot and what was not. Let's go into that. And you guys can see, we were looking at Tesla earlier on the day. Um, and of course, what was hot and what was not is where we checked the sectors to industry, to stock. What we do is a top-down approach versus a bottom-up approach that everybody has a tendency to do as day traders, right? We usually look at what gappers are moving on the day and then work backwards, finding out what the news is and if this is an industry-wide news. No, we're going to work top-down. We're going to go from sectors to industries to the stocks. So we look at what's leading today, what's leading today on the upside, consumer cyclical. Of course, when we get these up moves in the market, a lot of times we'll get these to move. Why? They usually have some high beta also, right? They have a tendency of moving fast with the market. Let's take a look here. Department store getting a nice little push. Macy's with a nice little lift here. Look at the five-minute chart on Macy's. That's what we call ourselves a little bit of a breakout. Not too bad on the daily chart. Big candle there for Macy's as it gets the lift. KSS getting lift there to 26.15. And it's all of the names here, JWN, DDS. So definitely getting a little bit of a push there. Resorts and casinos, why could those be getting some lift? Well, let's take a look at what's leading there. This is from the open, right? I can see wind showing up there about 6.42%. And China stocks continuing to push. We talked about a little bit earlier today that right now, Uh, One of the things that we're seeing is, of course, is that in China, some of the higher-end consumer is actually starting to think about traveling now that they have that ability, right? So the resilient high-end consumers have shifted their spending to travel, and that could actually be affecting stocks like Wind Resorts and also LVS, right? You also got MLCO, which is a smaller name, but it's also continuing to lift, and a nice little pattern here on this daily chart Not looking too bad there in MLCO as it continues into the 13th. We'll have to wait and see if the casinos can continue making the push. Apparel manufacturer getting some lift today. Uh, You got Under Armour taking a nice little push. I thought Under Armour could get a nice little lift as long as Nike could stay strong. And look at Nike. Nike, nice little push here. Remember, this got the little gap up there. Has continued. Never filled in the gap. Really starting to push now and starting to take a nice little leap. Crocs also was strong earlier. I know Jay would make me to kind of bring that stock up. I can't blame him. Uh, it has been strong. He even cut down and has been holding that 100. As long as it keeps holding that 100, Crocs still looking good. So you guys can be looking in apparel manufacturing. Uh, uh, you guys also look at footwear accessories, a lot of strong stocks in cyclicals today. Of course, specialty retail is going to include some of those China stocks. So that's why you're seeing cyclicals up today. All right, basic materials. You got real estate that's leading it after that. I don't really go after too many times after the real estate sector just because it's REITs. I try to stay out of it right now. It is doing well on the day. This is my one of the most confusing areas. I think it's just because it's more of an income area, then it actually moves with the news. Because if we think about it, I mean, the news hasn't been good in home construction. We just got worse numbers, right? But yet we're still making an up move. This is why I try to avoid these stocks. Sometimes I ask myself, and I think this is an important thing to do as a trader. If you don't understand something, don't try to just like, just sum it up like, oh, well, housing's going down. I think that these stocks should go down. No, it's okay. Just leave that sector alone. Maybe learn about different areas and move forward. There's always the next opportunity. All right, let's keep going. Definitely 182 of you guys. Do me the favor, team. Smash up that thumbs up. Let's see if we can get it up there. Let's see what we're at on the light game. I want to see where we're set a little goal. See, at the beginning, I said that if we got there towards 60 likes, that we would stay after 2 p.m. It's about 142. It's 41 likes. Let's get it up there, team. We don't need too many more. All right, let's keep going. Let's get back towards what was hot and what was not. Basic materials having a good day there. What was strong? Well, you see silver strong on the day, definitely getting a nice little lift. Gold continuing. We talked about this yesterday. AU, would that continue? G-O-L-D, would that get the lift? Nice little push there on these stocks today. Look at that gold. This was a nice little trade here on the five minute. You can see it got up, held the VWAP, held the support multiple times. One up, one down, two up, two down, three up, three down. Usually want that support to hold from that point on. Looking for the breakout. Nice little move there in gold. If you guys were able to capture that one, shout outs to you. Not a bad move there in gold today as it continues making the move. Steel, yesterday, Cleveland Cliff gave us a sign that this could stay strong, right? Well, look, starting to push back. If Cleveland Cliff can stay strong, I'll start looking for X to play catch up, right? Right now, it's kind of on the pullback, starting to come back. Not strong right now, but definitely Cleveland Cliff makes me think about these. NUE also today showing me that strength. And another one, just to keep one in here, steel dynamics is one that I'd keep in mind. This one usually does well when we start getting trends. We'll see if the steel can continue making lifts. And as you can see, a lot of green there in basic materials and a lot of green overall. No sector into the red from the open. That shows me today is a way better day than yesterday. Technology getting a little bit of a bounce today. Let's talk about some of the high caps there. Apple bouncing a little bit. Big level for me, 129. You have to recover that on the daily if you want to see this come back. If it keeps using 128, 129 as resistance, I expect it to take out the support of yesterday, 124, and keep coming lower. Microsoft went down there to 129. Need this to come back towards uh, 236. I think this is closer towards 220, bottoming action. Uh, But we'll see if we break through that. Not looking good there for Microsoft by any means. Google, not looking good either. Uh, TSM, a little bit better after it filled the gap. We've talked about, would it fill this gap? Well, we got that gap fill. Now we'll look to see if we bounce out of this gap fill and start coming back here towards the 80s, 82s, and 83. Of course, TSM got that lift with the Warren Buffett mentions. Don't forget that. All right. Uh, Another stock that had a nice day today, bouncing back a little bit is NVIDIA. But if you can see here, you're just going sideways. You're hanging on. Actually, if you think about it, NVIDIA census topping action is pretty much in its own little bear market. It's down about 20% from um, let's say December 13th, where it topped out there on the move. And this just shows me It's not like it's just going to be an easy way back, right? Even though NVIDIA made its way back there towards 185, 190 area, now it's all the way back to 150 and can easily be right back down there towards 125. AMD's uh, area that I would also call out, look how this is just going sideways. It's not really wanting to rip back. And when that happens, especially hanging out at the low part of the range, we'll look to see if we get a breakdown through 62. 62. All right, if we think about it in technology overall, they still stayed strong. Solar even bounced back a little bit today, like first solar. I'm gonna keep this on my radar because I think if this goes to 145, really quickly, we could start cracking down there on first solar. And there's one thing that stands out to me on first solar. What do you guys see here? And I'm gonna take off some lines so you guys can see it. To me, this seems like a classic head and shoulders pattern right here. I could delete the lines just so we could see it, but this seems to me like it's more like a head and shoulders pattern. And if we break through this neckline down here towards the 145, we could easily start coming down. This looks bearish to me. We'll have to wait and find out. Looking at the chat, what's going on out there? I see some names being thrown out. We'll go through them right now. I got you, team. Um, So it looks like you guys are throwing up some stocks out there. Looks like you guys talking about Macy's. (laughs) <laughs> who goes to macy's anymore i don't know put, put a one if you've gone to macy's in the last year and aria you joining me on twitch what's going on on the twitch life interesting podcast glad you're joining in all right liked up let's go we'll get it up there it's about almost 150 if the spy heading back down i'll take a look at there for you bennett i got no problem uh can you talk about end Knox? All right, we'll go into some ticker time right now before the Fed because I want to focus on the Fed as we get closer to 2 p.m. Everyone's focusing on that, so we'll get closer and closer to it. All right, so we got two stocks that were mentioned here. So I got you, team. I'll go ahead and I'll take a look at that. Um, Looks like we got a couple of them here, so I'm going to try to run through them really quickly. Uh, First one we got mentioned, uh, loading up on LAC, says Nick. Let's take a look there, LAC. LAC, of course, lithium play, right? We're looking for a little bit of turnaround coming back into these names. One thing that I will tell you on LAC is that it is really close to extreme on the RSI. There's not many times where it gets this weak and doesn't have a little bit of a bounce back. I have a tendency of using RSI, but when I use it, it's on the daily looking for extremes. Extreme meaning that the last time historical to the stock itself – When has it bounced before at these levels? And you can see here around 16.16 is a good level for seeing RSI bouncing soon. And so now we're down there towards a 12.8 reading. This could bounce soon. So I'd be watching some Lithium Americas to see the bounce. Of course, this is never a guarantee. But the first thing you're going to be looking for is a recovery of this area. Recover that 1963, and we're going to be looking too bad for a nice little push there, the 20 We'll see what happens there on LAC. All right, there's some other mentions here. SoFi, really quickly, this is kind of more of that bag holder situation. It does look like an inverse head and shoulders here, not looking too bad, but this can always turn around. For me on SoFi, I'm just looking at monthlies. It needs to change the trend. For right now, it's still stuck in this downtrend. Let it get back there. It needs to get even all the way up to $7 for me for it to really start getting out of the trend and then you'll get to eights and get out of this kind of monthly highs, 762, 804. If you can get out of those, you'll start turning around the trend. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? MDT says Nick. All right, MDT. I think I've covered this stock often and I, I have the lines drawn already. Uh was looking for around this 80, this resistance to act start acting as support. And it's acting as support. I mean, we can draw it a little bit closer, but definitely. Now I'd look for 80s to pull back and hold. You got a nice little push there for MDT. Look for that 80 area to kind of hold on any pullbacks if you're looking for a little bit of a dip. Buy in MDT. I'd be looking for at least a little pullback there as you're up there towards 81.63 and a high on the day of 81.78. All right, I walked through Macy's for the mall entrance at least. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think there's too many people buying there. Have you spoken about Tesla? Yeah, we've just, we've spoken about Tesla. You can hit the rewind and catch up a little bit there. Let's get out of what was hot and what was not and get us ready for the Fed Minutes release that will be released today. Like always, one of the things that I like to do is give you guys like where you guys should be getting this, right? I think a lot of the times, yes, we get it from the media and I, and I have no problem with that, right? I'm from Benzinga, right? At the end of the day, you guys can check out our recap article. But that takes a little bit of time to come out, right? When That doesn't instantly get released. So what I would recommend is definitely use Benzinga for your recap article. But if you want to go straight to the source, that's what I recommend definitely is going always straight to the source on these reports. The Federal Reserve site. Keep it up, team. I throw it up in the chat there so you guys can catch it when the minutes come out. Um, of course, you might need to you know, move around on the website a little bit, but it's usually right there on the news and events and comes out. And I actually like going through the PDF release. Remember, the Fed minutes, what are they? They're just a transcript of what happened in the meeting, right? What did each present? What did they bring up? What were their battles back, right? Did they talk about, of course, slowing down the pace and how it has a lag effect? Things like this is what we're looking to really understand in the minutes. We're looking to see, are they starting to talk about potentially slowing down the rates even before the jobs number break? Are they talking about the economy slowing down? These are all the types of things that we want to be reading into the report and actually looking into it, right? Of course, the minutes is not going to give us anything new. It's just a look behind the scenes a month after the fact. That they've had this meeting. That's why, of course, there's nothing like the actual conference because the conference is actually when they're actually looking at that report. This is a whole month afterwards. Sometimes we get some movement if there's some unexpected talk, but I don't expect too much. I expect the hawkish Fed that we've had for a while now, right? All right, there you go. I got you the link. That's what it's all about, Stefan. And I want to teach people that, right? Because at the end of the day, if you can get it from the source, you can be just as fast, right? That's what we all want. I do the same here for, let's say, like CPI reports. I like to go straight to the report, not to the media. I'll look at the recaps afterwards. After I've done my research, have my outlook, read the recaps, see if they, you know, if it have a positive correlation. And then I go looking into the market to see if I got positive correlation also and confirmation from the price action. Which is even more important right what is price doing like today when we got the spy to come in at 10 o'clock 10 o'clock we got the jolts numbered, right but at first we got a down move right then all of a sudden we got a little bit of a spike up let me actually go to the one minute to kind of show that so that we can see it right there was this down move at 10 and then quickly an up move followed by another down move and that's just how it is right i mean That's just quickly how it can go here. Look at that 10 a.m. Down move, up move, down move, right? So be careful there, team. We'll see what happens here with the minutes. Will we get a continued spike? What I don't want to see is just a hard hit down. Um, If we get a big push up, that's of course going to be a big positive. Tesla will be an easy way also to kind of get a quick read, right? If you see Tesla rip towards the upside, Maybe you're getting the growth play to continue on, right? You're seeing how this is bouncing back. This is not looking bad, Tesla on the day. I would say just intraday action. Tesla's looking good. It's holding on. Arc, one way to look at growth names. Go, holding on right now. Let's take a look underneath the hood on Arc to see what kind of uh, growth names are doing well on the day. Coin, look at coin, team. That's a nice little day. Nice push there towards 35 25 We'll see what happens there. Will that get the next lift? A lot of healthcare biotechs getting a nice little push. NTLA getting the push there. CRISPR, Beam, big lifts there. Fate, Twist. A lot of these diagnostics and a lot of stocks in healthcare. Cheaper names, but of course, keep these on the radar. Shopify, not having a bad day either. Unity. Unity was one I was thinking about swinging here from the bottom. I didn't take the trade, but why did I like this trade? Because 27 stood out to me on the daily as support, giving me a little bit of a level to go off of for a little bounce back here. Well, it doesn't look too bad on the day. We'll look to see if the Fed minutes can keep the uh, January effect moving to the upside. Catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Kathy making Tesla gains. (sighs) I don't even know how. Um, The big thing for her is that she's had such early positions that has saved her. But some of her ads have really just shaken my head. I, I just don't even understand. Money Mitch, I went all in on the 401k UBXY at 653 for a potential pop to start the year green. Because last year I went down 10% for the year. Hey, can't blame you. The only thing that I would recommend is like always. You make your own decision if you wanna go all in on your risk. I always, at least for myself, never want to be all in or all out, right? I don't want one trade to break me and I don't want one trade to make me, right? This will save me on both sides of that stick, right? One trade isn't gonna break me but also one trade won't make me, right? I'm not going to become a millionaire overnight for one trade. I think this is also important to try to find some consistency. Who's Kathy? Kathy Wood, right? Take a look, Mm -hmm. Kenneth. ARK Invest, of course, founder and CEO, uh, Kathy Wood. ARK Invest. Definitely check it out, Kenneth. All right, let's get towards the spy. Let's go towards the one minute. We got about what? Three or four minutes left here. If You guys got tickers you guys want to check out? Go ahead and throw it up. We're going to take a look to see what happens with Jerome Powell. Of course, if you think about it, what did he talk about in December 14th, right? They did put out an opening statement. So we can go ahead and kind of look into that. Take a look at what was talked about. But of course, jobs robust. The U.S. economy has slowed significantly from last year's rapid pace. This was given to us in December 14th right now we're going to look to see is there more that they were talking about he talked about in December 14th about although real gdp rose at a pace of 2.9% last quarter it roughly unchanged through the first three quarters of this year recent indicators point to modest growth of spending and production this quarter so we'll see what happens there some good comments were given in that PDF that was released, the transcript, right, of the press conference. Now let's go ahead and see what the minutes give us at 2 p.m. All right. There's some stocks rolling through here. I got no problem taking a look at some stocks really quickly before it hits. As soon as it hits though, you guys are going to see me jump on to focusing for the Fed. Did we hit the light goal? Let's go. There you go. I see you guys smashing it up. Appreciate you guys. All right, let's take a look here. SPY is starting to come down. We'll go to to the one minute, but I just want to quickly go through one of those stocks. Coke update. So Coke update is, I would just say like this. What made Coke get really started? Coke got started with the Pepsi move. So I'm going to leave Coke here on the right-hand side. We can take a look at like Pepsi here on the left-hand side. So Pepsi really started this kind of move here in Coke. And so I would be looking to see, if that's going to change here, I'll put Coke to the left-hand side. I just put Pepsi on the, on the right. Um, so you can see here on the daily chart, what happened here? So let's go to the daily. What I like about TC is that at least you see this yellow line where we're at. Really, when this day happened, Pepsi popped. Pepsi was the first one that got Coke off the bottom there. You can see the support. It was right at the support when Pepsi got that first pop. Now it got towards the top. Look how Pepsi's starting to lead that downside action. If you see Pepsi go, I think you see Coke go. Just keep it simple sometimes. The industry, we'll see what happens there. And Pepsi and Coke, it doesn't look good right now, but if it can hang on to the support right there, maybe it can recoup the resistance. For Pepsi, it would be 185. For Coke, it would be getting through that kind of 64, 70 area through the 65. All right, 159, we're about to get hit. What day was December 14th? Um, I am not sure, Kenneth, you can look on the calendar right now. Uh, we'll see. We're about to get some numbers, uh, to hit the minutes. We'll see what the transcript says. I'm going to try my best to first look at the price action. Then we can look into what was released. See if there's anything that's really kind of standing out to me really quickly. Of course, doing this in real time for you guys. So I hope you guys appreciate that. And we'll see, can we get some good numbers? Can we get the good minutes? Will we actually move? Will we get some good comments? Right? It's all about the language that comes out in in the minutes, and I think that's the important thing to catch here. All right, let's see what happens. What will, what will we get? 2 p.m. Release. Release. All right. Just getting refreshed. Try to get this up there. There it is. Got you it right here, team. I'm gonna give you guys the direct link to check it out. That's the press release for this one and now i'm going to really quickly take a look at the price action let's go to the main charts here let's pull up the spy let's go to the one minute and i'm gonna actually bring my lines off so you guys don't see too much of the line action there you guys see the spy coming down and back up a lot of action right now let's try not to jump the gun too much but it seems like the algos definitely are you guys can see the recent action i have it on the one minute we went to this bottoming action Now we're right back up. Will we get through the 386 level for the upside action? That's what I would say for the breakout to the upside to look for. Downside action, it's a cut through the VWAP. Right now, VWAP is around 383.48 or 383.50 if you want to round it. We'll see what happens here as we get in the Fed. All right. Well, some uh, we're starting to see uh, some um, kind of media start to pick this up as the Fed officials see higher rates for some time ahead. We've already heard a lot of that talk. So I'm starting to go through the kind of release there. You guys probably already going through the release. Um, But my biggest thing for us is that if we are going to have prolonged interest rates, what does that mean? That the Fed could stop raising interest rates and actually hold for some time before actually cutting. That is very important because if that happens, there's still going to be some stocks that struggle truly until we cut. That's usually when we bottom right now, the spy heading right back down to the downside. So to me, that could have been just a fake to the upside. And here comes Jerome Powell to pow us all down, right? Of course, these are not new topics here. And uh, we can go through the minutes. I'm going to have to get going through the minutes probably on the side here. I'm, I'm doing my best to try to mix in a little bit. But the biggest thing I would look for in the minutes is that, of course, they're starting to realize that they are having an effect on demand and that they need to slow down a little bit to understand the lagging effects. But that overall, they're still seeing inflation high After expanding at a moderate pace in the third quarter, real PCE growth appeared to have picked up in the fourth quarter. In contrast, residential investments look to be contracting sharply further. Um, So residential investments, of course, housing outlook, that's not looking good there. Manufacturing uh, production increased only modestly. And so there's some comments here that you guys should definitely be going through. I'm going to be looking a little bit deeper. Um, They also talked about the labor markets in here, of course. That's very important. The unemployment rate moved up 0.2 percentage points to 3.7 and remained at a rate in November. On balance, the unemployment rate for African-Americans edged down over those two months, while unemployment rate for Hispanics increased slightly. Of course, they're talking about different conversation in here. And towards the end of the minutes is really where you start getting a little bit better of an outlook in the staff economic outlook section. So that's what I would recommend. That's on page six. Take a look at that team as we're getting the down action in the SPY. And it looks like the January effect might have just gotten stopped by the Fed minutes. Uh, Tesla, really good way to take a look at that, Right. It looked like it was going to get through the high. Really quickly, you're making this downside action move. So be careful there. Big stock for me to watch more is Apple. Because if Apple can't hold the BWAP now, we could be coming right back down towards the low. And we've talked about it. The daily chart on Apple, not looking really good there. Tesla trying to just hold on. I would keep an eye out on both of those. And Microsoft to see if we make new lows with this action. New lows on Microsoft would get me a little bit concerned about the market. As you can see, Microsoft trying to cut right back down towards the lows. Look for Amazon to do kind of a similar move. We'll look to see if that cuts through the lows by the end, right? It's hanging out above the VWAP. We'll just cut right back down. Look at Google. Very similar charts on Google and Microsoft right now. All right, catching up with the chat. A lot going on. There's going to be some movement. Macy's is the one holding up. Oh, yeah. Macy's is holding up. Don't know how this one is. And look at you can look at like a Coles also if you want to keep an eye on it. But looks like we got a lot of people joining in. Welcome. What's going on, team? Hit the thumbs up. Over 255 of you guys were seeing this action. What's the link to Jerome Powell Live? Well, what you want to actually be looking into is more along the minutes released. I gave the I gave the link just a second ago can give you guys here another link here to just go ahead. If you guys want to read the actual minutes, the actual report, this is what you want to be looking up here. So you guys can go to the media or you guys can go right to the source. I'm giving you guys the access to the source. I think it's important also to go ahead and do your own deep reading. He's not speaking. He's not doing a conference right now. It's just the minutes. It's just a transcript from what happened in the December 13th and 14th meeting. Of course, if you guys don't forget what happened on that, right? We got CPI, it started coming down right before that, right? That kind of helped, but what the Fed tried to focus on, and I think that this is what is clearly being talked about is that they're signaling more rate heights to keep coming and that you could see a prolonged high interest rate environment for some time because their focus is still on and going to continue being on inflation coming towards the 2%. And now they they stake uh, constantly the long-term goal of 2%. So it could take a long term to get us to that 2%. And that could keep interest rates higher for a prolonged amount of time until we finally, finally get those famous words that are pivot. That's really what you need to start seeing the market bottom. I've talked about this on my Twitter. You guys can follow me whenever you guys like, at MoneyMitchBZ. And what did I state about it is that I wrote this on Friday, and I think it's very important to kind of catch moments like this and knowing some statistical background into the markets overall, right? We don't want to be jumping to the gun too quickly on the market. I feel like we do this consistently where we just – immediately trying to jump into the markets. I put this up that in each of the previous bear markets, right? Each of those previous bear markets, it took a long time for stock markets to bottom out after the central bank enacted the first rate cut in the easing cycle. So we need them to start getting to that cut, right? If we think about it, the S&P 500 has sold off at least 15% on 17 occasions. On 11 of those 17 occasions, the stock market managed to bottom out only around the time that the Fed shifted towards loosening monetary policy again. So keep that in mind, team. I think that's going to be very important of how we catch the run this time is the moment that we actually see them starting to shift their mentality to actually pivoting and actually cutting rates, that's when I think we'll truly have that next bull market to jump on. Like always, team, you guys can stay up with us. Benzinga has everything that you need here to keep up with the markets. The number one place to grow, whether that be your investment skills or your understanding of the markets, this is where you want to be. Hit that subscribe button down below, the like, and catch us a little bit later today. Don't miss it. At the close, Joel L. Condon and I will get into all the market action. Hope you guys appreciated me sticking around today, staying a little bit later, a little bit of overtime action, live reaction as the Fed minutes hit. We'll see what happens. Will Tesla come back down? Seems like we're definitely popping out there at the 114. Spy still kind of leaking here. We'll see if it's able to hold the VWAP. It's right now right on that VWAP. Will it cut down and continue coming down? One of the ones that I'm watching, of course, is Apple. If it could recover VWAP. If not, Microsoft new lows. Got to be careful. We might have to go. All right, team. That's going to do it for me today. Hope you guys enjoyed the stream. Hit the thumbs up. And like always, Jeff, always for you guys, I'll be a machine. If not, I wouldn't be here, team. All right, team. We'll see you next time. Don't miss Stock Market Movers. This is This show right now that you guys are watching, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern, what do we do? We talk about all the headlines that are going out there, what was hot and what was not, which is all about intermarket analysis, rotation, where's the money moving to? That's always important to me. And then, of course, getting to expert opinions like we had on today to give you guys the informational edge. See you next time, team. Don't miss it, stock market movers.